Hello, butterflies in the TOU community. This is the Learner Series Podcast, a podcast designed to support you on your learning journey by providing you with specific tips and learning techniques that work. In these episodes, we touch upon different aspects of learning, provide scientifically-based research, as well as tips from our learners. These tips can be easily implemented, whether it be at work, in your studies, or in your personal life. Today, I talk with Claudia on everything energy management. She has a very rich history of working as a leader in high-performing positions in startups as well. And after several years of working in these positions, she decided to make it her mission to improve the life of leaders by what she calls bridging the gap between the business and the spiritual world. Claudia today provides a lot of information on the traits most startupers have, how a holistic approach to building a business and managing energy is essential, and the main issues and blockers for people when it comes to building a company. Without further ado, let's get started. Claudia, thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you um, about energy management and how our students, um, you know, uh, who are in the startup world, um, can take some of your tips and uh, topics to to figure out how they can manage their energy, especially when studying and uh, starting something up uh, on the side. So you have a very rich history of, of working as a leader in high performing positions um, and in startups as well. And after several years of working in these high profile yeah. positions, you decided to make your mission to improve the life of leaders by what you call bridging the gap between the business and the spiritual world. Would you uh, care to elaborate more about yourself and how you came to the place that you are now? It's been quite a ride, I must say. Um, and it's also in preparation to the to this podcast, you start reflecting again on, on your history and you try to sort of make sense of your whole journey. But when you're in it, uh, it can sometimes feel a bit like a, like a roller coaster. Um, but at this very moment, I'm building my third company um, uh, as an executive coach. I'm a mother of two kids, uh, two daughters of three and six years old. Um, at this moment, I'm also, I'm still happily married to my high school sweetheart. We're, we've been together for 20 years. Uh, so I praise myself very, very lucky. And we just moved back from living abroad seven years uh, in Berlin, actually. Uh, I had an amazing time. And yeah, my, my path basically to get here has been, you could say, energizing, a little bit anxious at times. It took quite a bit of bravery. Um, some people called me crazy when I made certain business decisions. So um, it's been stretching and magical at the same time. And if I look back, um, I still remember very clearly this moment. Uh, I think that's been crucial in my, in my life when I had my master's degree in my hands and I, I had a conversation with my father and I said, Dad, Dad, did you all, always knew that you were going to become, uh, at that moment, he was a, a partner in a consultancy firm. And he looked at me and he said, Claudia, no, absolutely. There are so many different ways that lead to Rome. The important thing is, is that you have fun with it and that you read the signs along the way. So I guess that's a bit typical for my journey is that I am pretty playful when it comes to work and how I build my life. So that's why I pivoted a few times. 
um, I, as you said, like I've had uh, leadership positions in high growth companies, uh, been a founder myself, um, uh, worked in politics, and I kind of am on this quest to, to hack life, if you can say. So I always pivot a bit. I sense what takes my energy, what drains my energy, and I can see how I basically can create the ideal the ideal life for me in this phase. So, um, and by that, I noticed that the spiritual world is very important, which sounds a bit weird in a business context, but I think it's very much disconnected. And I think it can be great if it's connected more. Um, and it's something that leaders can absolutely use um, as part of their toolkit. So, yeah, without maybe not going too much into the spiritual world, I don't know, but um, yeah. But that's a, a great point that you bring up because um, leading and, and following your path is, is holistic, right? It's not, just one, yes. it's not just one way. And so uh, bringing a spiritual aspect into that um, is quite interesting. And maybe we talk about it, um, you know, as we continue on. Um, I wanted to kind of touch on the point of your leadership coaching on kind of even these wellsprings and um, kind of a um, business framework or foundation and, and energy. So um, you, you mentioned kind yeah. of an amazing, a very colorful, a very holistic past. Um, and you mentioned that you had worked in found, founding your third company now. What is it like or what was it like for you as yeah. a founder? And would you care to elaborate on your journey into your work smart, not hard mantra. I have lots of respect for people who build companies or also to the people listening who want to build a company because building a company is such a different ballgame than being part of a company. It comes with a lot of responsibility. It comes with, with a identification with the company, like your sort of self-identification with the company. So it's not, it's not for everyone. Um, uh, and I think on my way to building different companies, um, and still being on this quest in life, I noticed that it's so important to work smart and not hard. I think I learned that already in my childhood because I've been a professional swimmer and there are so many great principles in the sports world that can be applied in the business world. So... It's as because as an athlete, you're super conscious on how you spend your energy, right? So if you look at the best, the best swimmers in this world, they, if you want to swim hard, there's not a lot of waste, right? It looks super smooth. There's not a lot of water, like, you know, um, uh, spoil, spoiling. Um, so you have to be super mindful. You need to have a great technique, but also have a great mindset. So if I catch myself, working really hard, which I can do because I'm probably like most people are listening, like the high achiever, if you want to build a company, it's like a typical profile that I get. There's a tendency to do a lot of stuff and to just keep busy. That's how we are wired. Um, but I, I notice it's a bit of a paradox. It's super important to focus your energy on the right things. And by that, be, then suddenly there comes this magical productivity and it has a way different... Um, outcome than just pushing forward. And that kind of ties into the whole point of energy management and how that ties in closely with focus and visualizing success. 
And how do you, you know, you mentioned kind of your 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 professional world, your sports world. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of visualizing success that go that is involved in that as well. Yeah. How do you see those two fo focus and visualizing success going hand in hand? Yeah. Yeah, and this is a uh, so if I work with let's say executive teams or with in the, with founders, I think it's extremely important to not skip that step too quickly. Is yeah. what is exactly that you want to build? Like how if you think about a vision for your company and not just like a nice sentence um, that runs well, but what is it like? Why do you put in like the blood, sweat, and tears? Like what is it that you want to build and How does it actually look like? Like, how are people behaving? What kind of talks do they have at the coffee machine? Uh, how, with what type of energy level do you want to walk around in your company? Um, what do you wish for your people? Like, to paint that picture in your mind. And if you skip that step too quickly, it's very difficult to achieve it. So we have this external vision often, also within like how we are raised, but also in the world itself about how a successful company should look like. And I think it's really cool if everybody puts in their own vibe. Um, but what is it that, what is it, what is a successful company to me? What does it actually mean? And there's always a really good intention with founders, but sometimes they lose their way a bit um, while building it. Um, so I, I kind of bring them back to why do you want to do this? How does it look? And everything that's not in line with that, you do not do that anymore. So boundaries are very, very, very important in the whole process as well. Same as what not to do. You mentioned um, before that you kind of work with a certain type of, of, of people, like as far as personality. Um, yeah. And um, we know we might be the type that uh, likes to be busy and likes to just go, go, go. And, um, you know, going back into your work smart, not hard. But um, what type of patterns or yeah patterns do you see in the behavior of the leaders that you that you work with that are, might be not red flags but something that new founders should be conscious of? Yeah, uh, good question uh, because there are some common themes that I that I see. I've coached now um, more than hundreds of founders, mm -hmm. so I, I I I kind of see a bit the the common the common theme. Um, What I first and foremost see, besides the fact that they're the, the high achiever, otherwise you could never reach that level or even consider of build, building a company, um, is that there is a like, very high level of passion. Like there's this internal motivation, um, but it also comes with a pitfall. It's kind of like too much of a good thing, right? All our talents can also be our pitfalls at the same time. So the sometimes the energy can be a bit too pushy um what i see is that they they have this strong longing of getting most out of life like they really want to live and experience life to the fullest they want to contribute something to the world yet they feel something is still missing so it's kind of this rational aspect what i see often is hey on paper i should be so happy i've raised another funding round I, um, according to the media, I'm very successful or I had a successful exit, but their mindset and their, basically their body didn't really catch up with that. So it's something that I see is that they struggle quite a bit with when to slow down, when is enough enough. Um, I also see that, um, especially with companies who go through high growth 
and build five companies a year. I mean, imagine um, and scaling your business to hundreds of mm. people annually um, and managing building a family at the same time because most people are in their like mid thirties or some of okay. them in their forties. It's extremely difficult. So what I see is that the challenge really lies in the combination of things um, because they're either a parent, they are, um, uh, they are a founder, they are a partner to someone often, that's right, they're a friend to, to a lot of people. So this trying to combine it and living a holistic successful life is pretty difficult to most of them. So the challenge really lies in the combination. It's not only the working hard, but it's like, but how, how can I still be there for my kids? How can I still have a healthy relationship with my partner? Like those are the, the themes that I see occurring quite a bit uh, that, I, that, I, that I help them with. And um, you mentioned kind of when to slow down. I think that's um, even, even for people like me, I haven't started anything up, but uh, still an ambitious person. Um, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, what kind of, what kind of, maybe just for our students, there. You know, I mean, when I read those profiles, there. You know, as you mentioned, mid thirties, starting something up, or have started something up, or on their third startup, family. Um, when, yeah. when is it maybe a good time to slow down? Um, and maybe that goes hand in hand with uh, losing focus. I think it's a decision that every person can make: is do I want to read the signs? that I've been given, yes or no. If you experience, for example, anxiety, which is a very common theme among founders, um, a lack of physical energy, poor sleeping, a sense of overwhelm, uh, catching yourself just being on your computer, but then not really realizing what you're actually doing, um, noticing that you might go from zero to 100 in a split second, or not feeling too much anymore, just feeling a bit... Yeah, just like coasting, coasting, coasting through life. That to me is always a moment where you need to take a step back, which feels like the biggest paradox in life because you feel like, no, but there's no time, right? Because I'm, you notice that you're a bit less productive. You kind of know it. You're, you, people know when, they, when, when their energy is not good. But that's to me always a clear sign of zoom out. Be really kind to yourself. So self-compassion is one of the main themes that I learn founders or entrepreneurs. Um, be kind to yourself. Reflect. Make tough decisions. Set clear boundaries. And then kind of choose again. So this is to me a... a to me, it's, it's, it's pivotal to build in a... Five minutes, super simple, five minutes, simple reflection a week before you head into the weekend. Um, what was actually my week like? Did I enjoy it? Um, is there anything I can do differently? But really taking for yourself a moment because our mind can often make up for it. So in the moment, we don't really necessarily like it or it costs a lot of energy, but then we rationalize it afterwards. Like, ah, but it actually should be a good thing or... You kind of have to deal with it. It's kind of part of the game. And that's what a lot of people are really good at, myself included. But if you catch yourself really properly reflecting, that's also a great way to raise your consciousness to think, oh, actually, this is, this is going really well. Or this, this actually lands really well within my company. This is something I should do more of. Or this is something I should not do anymore. And um, that can help them get their focus back, I can imagine. 
Yes. Yeah. And the focus part is super important. Yeah. So it's really about not... I think we should be pretty conscious of how we spend our energy because it is not sort of this unlimited source that you can just spend and spend and spend and spend. You need to become super conscious of, on what you wish to spend it. You can only spend it once on something. Um, so that to me is something that I, that I, that I'm very passionate about this whole world of energy, but really helping people to manage their energy and not their time. So maybe let's move on to, to that as a transition. You talk about um, or identify four main wellsprings where energy comes from. And I'm quite curious yeah. if you would uh, care to elaborate on them a little bit uh, as to what they are. Yes, of course. Yeah, so, the, so the world of energy, to make it a bit more practical, there are four different levels. Um, and... The first level, there's no real ranking in it, but just the first level, I think it's, it's, it's the easiest one to understand, which is just your physical energy. It's like when I would ask you, like, hey, how much energy do you have? You refer to your body. You just, you just check in with yourself and you can say, oh, I have an amazing energy, good energy, bad energy, or low. Um, so this is basically everything that has to do with your, your physical energy level. So how you sleep, how you eat. Um, uh, how you drink, uh, if you drink enough water, um, your sort of your personal hygiene, like all the factors, if you work out, if you sit a lot behind your desk, uh, all that stuff, right? It is related with your physical energy. The second level um, is the mental energy. And the mental energy is more about the focus of your energy. So what you spend your energy on. So everything that has to do with your thoughts, that you're having, those are, that's energy. The way you talk to yourself, um, how focused you are, or a sense of overwhelm that you feel, um, that has everything to do with your mental energy. So it's basically what happens within your mind. The third energy level is your emotional energy. And emotion also stands for energy in motion. It is it basically sort of little energy containers floating through your body, trying to tell you stuff. It's, it's your body wanting to, to talk to you and give you a signal of, hey, you're doing well, you're doing not so well. So this is everything that has to do with and, and help people to become aware of their emotions, learning to channel them. You don't need to always have positive emotions. That's not my school of thought um, because I don't believe there's this distinction should be made. What I do think it's very important to be able to deal with your emotions because it can otherwise manifest differently. Um, and the last energy level, uh, which sometimes scares people a little bit, so I always need to meet them where they are, but it's the spiritual energy. Yeah. And when you think about energy in the more spiritual realm, it it's, has everything to do with the meaning and the purpose of your energy. So why do you spend your energy on these things? So it ha you can think about, is it in line with my personal values? Uh, do I feel motivated? Because we know that if a company, that's why a purpose lands so well with people, is that if people are able to tap in into something bigger than themselves, and you maybe also know it, like if you do it for the greater good or if you do it for something else or for kids or whatever, it just gets, you get this extra energy <laughs> Um, and if there's a disconnect, it equally also um, can drain your energy. 
So that's what I, so I always look at the person and I recommend everybody to, to think of themselves sort of holistically and think, okay, so how am I actually doing on these different levels? And within each level, there's stuff that gives you energy and stuff that drains energy. But if you are at the end of the day, extremely tired, or you have a very low energy, it's just like, basically it's very simple. It's somewhere in those different, in those four levels, um, it's, it's draining a bit too much. And for students who are uh, kind of looking to get started, I mean, he, he, there's a lot of a lot of overlap, you know, between the kind of the mental and the emotional, but even the spiritual um, aspects of, of energy. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard, especially for, for, for younger people or, or people who are just starting out in this startup world and maybe putting a lot of pressure on themselves. Is there, is there a specific yeah. aspect of the wellspring that they should be aware of or focus on maybe first? Um, I do think there's a lot of potential within the mental energy part. Absolutely. Um, and that's also what I see that with, with people that have built successful companies, that there's still quite a bit of potential in that realm. So I would say, um, I think a lot of people are conscious of their, of their body and if they're fit enough or not. In case you don't feel fit, I would highly recommend you doing that if that's possible, but at the same time, have a look into what's happening within your mind. So how, when you wake up in the morning, um, if, you, if you apply the, the energy perspective to your day and not so much the time management perspective, it opens a whole different world because then it doesn't necessarily start at 9 a.m. until 5, but you suddenly have this broader view of, because energy is there the entire day and night. So how do you sleep? And when you wake up, do you start scrolling Instagram and then checking all your emails? Uh, do you have a calm shower or are you basically a bit stressed about your to-do list? Do you have a very hectic morning? Do you sometimes get into a fight with your partner? Like That, that can already set the tone for the rest of the day. So it's, I think what I would advise people to do is to kind of broaden that view a bit and Check in with yourself what your own energy levels are, um, but, basi basi but also get a bit of a sneak peek into your brain. Like, what, what are you telling yourself? Do you like the way you look when you look into the mirror? Uh, well, because that's all energy, and that's, that's, that's the, the, that can be so powerful if you get those things right, and if you train your brain. Um, because if I learned one thing the hard way with my professional swimming career, it was that there was this moment in my life where... Um, my parents, they divorced and it, it has been super tough on me and, and my siblings and I couldn't get my mind in the right shape anymore. So no matter how hard I practiced, mm -hmm. how many kilometers I swam, I was, wasn't able to get into that spot that I was before. So I think that's where my passion of the power of the mind also comes from and this whole world of energy is make sure that you see your mind as a muscle and train it. Um, because that's, I think, such a great way to, to, build a, to build a healthy company is if you as a founder are also healthy as well, because you determine the culture, you determine in the end, like the success, obviously with your team. Um, but I think that's a, yeah, that's something that I, that I just wish for everyone to take as serious as I do almost like, yeah, make sure you put in the miles to train your brain. Exactly what you just mentioned. Make sure you put in the miles to train your brain. A lot of times that that comes 
with taking time, with preparation, with reflection. I mean, this is something yeah. that people don't always want to give. But let's maybe focus on using this energy flow when they're kind of building a business framework. And are these the main issues or blockers for people when it comes to building a company? Maybe this uh, not re non-reflection part or are there other um, situations that you see? I think the, uh, definitely that's what I see. Um, in addition to that, I see that there's a very strong focus of most people on time management and not on energy management. So if you think about company productivity, maybe reconsider a super heavy lunch at 1 p.m. because your whole company is in low energy at 2 p.m. Um, I, uh, some, I had to do a workshop in Vienna and it was a schnitzel day. Well, go figure. I had a very tough time getting people <laughs> energized after lunch. I could use it as an example, but it's so um, uh, I think that's just to look through that lens on if you want to build a productive company or if you if you see that something is going on, like if you have your one-on-one -on -one or if you're within your executive team and you just see people being mentally drained or you see people not being focused anymore um, or having difficult dealing with difficulties dealing with their emotions, I think how cool would it be as a founder or as a as a company, also as an HR team, or but, but to to take care of that as well and to look at people through that lens, to just build in the end this high-performing company that everybody wants. And so, yeah. Maybe kind of spinning off of that uh, quickly, oh. Time management, time yeah. management versus energy management. Where do you, where do you, do you look? Uh, this is ingrained yeah. in our society. The kind of timing versus energy. I know because, and everybody knows it. If if I would say to you, do you? Um, sometimes you have a meeting of thirty minutes, and it just feels like two hours. Yeah. Or sometimes you have a, a, an eight-hour day or session, and you just walk away super energized. Or just by simply sitting next to someone, you can already feel drained, right? The person doesn't even have to say something. Um, <clears throat> so I think if you if you look at also your your own schedule and your own your own calendar, um, some meetings they require more energy than the actual time it stands for. So if you look solely on time management, you have a task and you just have a certain duration. And then if I look at most calendars of people um, uh, and also my how my calendar used to look like, it's just back to back, running around like a headless chicken, trying to squeeze in as much as you can. But are you then really effective? Are you, are you truly, are you able to read between the lines? Can you really see what the issue is within your company or are you mindfully present um, with the other person? Um, so there needs to be a bit more uh, bandwidth and a calendar already looking on a Sunday, looking just at your full calendar can is already draining on the Sunday. It already can give people this feeling of, oh, I hope I survive my week. Mm -hmm. um, and that is to me that I now know it for sure, but it's a bit scary. It feels for a lot of people like slowing down if you take away stuff from your calendar. It feels, it has this inner feeling of, I am not productive anymore, or we could do more. But I think the most important thing is to just be more. Um, and 
get into this magical productivity rather than running around. Uh, and in the end, if you ask any person in a company, would you like to have less meetings? I, I don't think there would be anyone saying no. Let's Everybody would raise their hand. Yeah. So we also keep each other busy. Right? It's, it's, it's this sort of mechanism and, and it can be really nice to, as a team, also look at it. And some people are night owls. They love, they are super creative at 10 p.m. Some people are extremely creative at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So you also have your, your individual energy level. And I think if you can play around with that a bit more, yeah, and obviously you work in a system, so there has to be certain rules and guidelines. But I think it would be really nice if people can take their own responsibility and accountability more for their own energy levels. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Um, and that is, I think, something that uh, as, a, as a founder would be, to my, in my opinion, be quite inspirational yeah. to build such yeah. a type of company. And setting the setting the kind of example for for the other employees as well. You've mentioned also uh, several times slowing down or setting boundaries, um, and that's also kind of going in part with energy management. And many of our students are are looking to found a company or have already done so, but often, as we've explained here, with entrepreneurship comes the need for for high performance. But when, from an energy management perspective, is it essential to take a break and why? I think it's essential to take a break if you're not in a, if you're not in a good headspace for multiple weeks in a row. So if you notice that you're just, it, it really becomes, everybody knows when it becomes just too much. That's the moment where you need to zoom out, stop, zoom out, be okay with being vulnerable. I think that's uh, that's the one of the things that's super important. Also, when it comes to boundaries, it's saying, "Hey, I'm not okay," or "I can be much better." That's a different way of framing it. Yeah. But to your peers, peer co-founder, close people around you, saying, "I need to recharge. I need to re-energize," because then you can also make decisions based on passion and not on fear. And I think that's where, if I look at the most successful companies, they're more passion-driven than fear-driven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, multiple weeks in a row, not in a good headspace. Maybe you already received quite a bit of feedback from your partner, from close friends, like, are you okay? Like, that, that's the moment where, you know, like, okay, I'm, those people know me well. I'm not okay. And then also, be okay with not being okay. It's so normal. It's so normal. You're human. You're playing on the, the highest level possible. Um, it's fine to not be okay. It's so normal, but it's still so hard for, for so, all of us. And, but it is your responsibility to act on it. Yeah, absolutely. Claudia, thank you very much for, for joining us. I, I'm really, really, your insight, it was uh, absolutely amazing. I could talk with you for hours about... Uh, <laughs> Same here. I could several talk more hours as well. <laughs> several more of these topics, but... Um, for our students, one, one last question. Should, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Should, should our students be interested? Um, follow me on LinkedIn. I am building an online course. Um, so I, that will probably go live, I think, beginning of next year. So if you follow me on LinkedIn, I definitely send you a message. You may also write me a message on LinkedIn. Um, uh, I'm more than happy to, to hear from you. And maybe we can 
I don't know, maybe there's a way that we can, uh, I can maybe send some material afterwards or something to them for, for a bit inspiration. So yep. more than happy I to do so. Perfect. I can also link uh, some of the, 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 the links within the show notes as well. 